He scopes out the present, shakes out the past, and keeps an eye out on the future. This is the Racing with Bruno podcast. Now, from Delray Beach, Florida, here's Bruno DiGiulio. Well, welcome. It's another week in 2021, and we've got another podcast for you. Um, had some uh, interesting information to share with you, but before I do that, let me bring in my buddy from Las Vegas, Ron Flatter. Ronnie, what is happening? Hey, I got to ask you, we had a really nice weather day today. When we did the Zoom call tonight, I actually left the window open. It was so nice. Temperature in the 60s, maybe got to 70 all day, no wind. How about there? Yeah, hopefully everybody that's listening to us has had the same kind of day. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you laugh. Yeah, I'm so, I, yeah, that was like a humble brag on weather. I, I know all too well what it is in parts you know of the rest of the country. You know what not to laugh about? Yells. Is Delta figures. Oh, yeah. You know, that did come up on the Zoom call. And I was intrigued by something you and actually something that you and your daughter scoped out. Well, Joanna and Alessandra both work for me, and they deal a lot with data entry on their end. Well, I, uh, in the last uh, probably three weeks, mm -hmm. I've asked Joanna to uh, go through and, and do a study on our deltas. What I wanted to see is how each delta, uh, for example, our top delta, our second best delta, and our third delta, so what we wanted to do was have an idea how the deltas perform, not only overall, but as to each track. So what I had her to do is I separated, I had her separate the winners by first, by top delta, second delta, and third delta, uh, plus all first-time starters, and so on and so forth. So let me share with you some of that information. At Aqueduct, 50% winners are first or second delta. 57% are top three deltas. At Charlestown, 59% first or second deltas. 68% top three deltas. Fairgrounds, 50% first or second deltas. 71% top three deltas. Those are the winners. At Golden Gate on the synthetic track, 28% first or second deltas and 40% top three deltas. Keep that in mind. Gulfstream Park, 28 first and second deltas, 28% first and second deltas and 40% top three deltas. The lowest of any track currently running percentages. Laurel Park is 56% solely first and second deltas. Penn National, right about the average that we have, 50% first or second deltas and 64% top three deltas. Sam Houston has only had a couple of days, 48% first and second deltas, 56% top three deltas. Santa Anita, 46% first and second deltas, top deltas, and 58% top three deltas. Tampa Bay Downs is 46 and 62. Turf Paradise was 71 and 75. Turfway Park, the other synthetic track, 29% versus second delta, 50% top three deltas. It kind of matched Golden Gate, didn't it? 
But the lone albatross here is, Gul- is, is Gulfstream Park. Why? Why do the deltas work everywhere except Gulfstream Park? Gulfstream Park usually has a much bigger field than everywhere else. No, no, no. That wouldn't affect the deltas. It wouldn't affect the figures. If you have more horses in the race, it, ha- it would almost have to. No. Okay. Well, the disparity between the different deltas that compiled at different tracks and all of a sudden racing on one different surface, they come up with a different number. Uh, George, you're, yeah, hold on, Kevin. George, that argument doesn't sell because Fairgrounds has had large fields. And they're 50 and 70 or something like that. Gulfstream is half. You know what that tells you? The first and second deltas are not winning. Why? So current form is not winning. That's what it tells you. It tells you that usually figures tell you current form, right? Our figures deal in the last two. Our deltas only deal with current form. Our deltas deal with the last two races. So if that's true, then Gulfstream Park does not have current form works half as less. Does that make sense? Mike, am I making sense? At Gulfstream Park, if we're 50 and 60 everywhere else, and Gulfstream Park is 28 and 40, therefore current form is not holding because the figures are showing they should be and they don't. Well, the, you got to define current form there, Bruno. What if what if the last two deltas are from six months ago? And there, you get a lot of different Kevin, deltas Kevin, and different Kevin, time frames. Kevin, of it. it was no. only a month ago, two no, weeks ago. No, no, Kevin, we don't deal that way. R is last two races. Right. So if if it was if it's you races, have horses you, up a six month layoff winning. Well, they do, but I'm talking about the the deltas themselves. When they come in, they've been compiled at a different track. You get a bunch of them on the same track. Then why does it work at every place else? Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. Maybe the disparity is in the length of times between starts or something like that statistically. Kevin, the disparity comes from the horses not running to their deltas. Right. Their deltas every place else. Go Bruno. back here again. Look again. I'm going to show you again. Look at the consistency all the way across. 50, 59, 50, 56, 50, 48, 46, 46, 71. How is that half? It almost like it's like the synthetic track. Is it? Is it possibly due to the different conditions among the three most prominent workout tracks, Gulfstream, uh, Palm Beach Downs, and uh, Palm no, Meadows? No, 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 because how would okay. that affect, how would that affect first and See, second? I don't, I don't know if workouts are in, are in the deltas. No, they're not. Okay. No. Well, there's a leveler in the deltas that's supposed to make it all even. It works everywhere but there. You know, so something's really odd. current form doesn't stick. 
Right. It, there's something very odd there, but what because is that? Third reason? form doesn't stick. Right. What I'm saying is, if they ran big last time out, there's a good chance that they're not going to run big. To, they ran big last time out. There's a good chance they won't run big today. In other words, the form is not carrying over. Right. How can it? How many? How many of you have said, "Oh, I can't do. I can never pick." I'm I'm the worst at fairgrounds. Well, I just showed you that at fairgrounds, 50% of the first and second deltas win. Right? So form is holding itself. It's current form. I had a blast playing fairgrounds on Saturday. So I'm not, I'm, I'm fine with what your deltas say. Yeah, but my point is, yeah. you know, something, you, can't something, make an argument, you can't make an argument that all of them line up pretty much. There's something going on at Gulfstream, and we don't there's know what it is. something going on at Gulfstream, right. Either people are playing games with the horses, or they're giving them races. I mean, we've seen it. I showed you two videos today that look like, you know, Jose didn't really put a whole lot of effort into Comedy Town. Zayas rode like, like a bug boy on the turf. So is there a big disparity between turf and dirt or don't you break it down? I don't, break it down. I don't break it down because the, 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 the figures are done the same way. I'm just wondering if maybe dirt is holding and turf is a, is really, but, but then again, on all the other tracks, it's yeah. more, if, if it would have been, if, it, if what, what you're saying, um, you know, Randy, if that's true what you're saying, we would have been seeing it at all the other tracks. So, okay. but yep. it, it, I mean, I'm going to go back over and look at it again. I mean, I want you to look at it again. Look how despairing that is. You can take the two synthetic tracks and take them out, right? Yep. That stands out. That completely stands out. So when I look at it, when I'm going to be looking at, at Gulfstream Park, you know, everybody, you know, George is a real good player. Okay. You know, he's a real good player. He does really good with pick fives and pick fours. Congrats, brother. He did really Thank good. Um, but but what, one thing you got to do is if you got a choice between a horse that has the top figures and a horse that doesn't, I used to go for the top figure. And guess you know what I'm doing? I'm going to the one that I don't don't have the top figure. Because number one, you're getting the odds where people, everybody's betting figures. So it becomes a no-brainer. I know, Kevin, you're scratching your head. I know. Well, I was going to bet the odds and play Manny War and decided not to. And you know, it just they they, they, they futz around trying to stretch stretching them out. Then they futz around sprinting, and then they go, ah, oh, we'll throw him on the turf. And all of a sudden, that horse wins like he's a good thing. But because you know what, he's probably a turf horse all along. Absolutely correct. You know, a lot of guys end up having about cigar. You guys remember cigar? Mott, turf, 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 turf. I was in California when he was right, when he was running. 
They didn't like that he finished second first time out. They didn't think he could lose. But Corey Block was on him. And then they put him on the grass, and he was average. Then they take a race off the grass, and boom. Sometimes I don't think the connections really know. Like everlasting, everesting. I want to get him back on the dirt. And I think there's a, there's a, there's a little method of madness from these people trying to figure out how they can catch that bet. So at Gulfstream Park, it's the wild, wild west. I've told you that before, right? No offense, George. Well, like you say, you got the two brothers there. You know? So, you know, and it's interesting, you know, how you get a horse that you don't like with figures and you go, what the hell is Irad doing on this horse? Right? And what does he do? Twins. And you're like, how did that happen? So be smarter now at Gulfstream with that info. Don't go straight off figures. In fact, figures are off my, you know, like Sylvester the Cat used to say, putty cats are, I know, he used to say, birds are off my lip, you know? To me, figures, I'm going to handle them different. Now, with fairgrounds, I'm going to do that in another way. And this is what I talk about handicapping. You can't handicap like it's 1999. Figures and bias. You'll lose your tail off today. And that's why you get a lot of friends of mine who call me up. I, I can't win. Well, dude, you handicapping like 1984, you know? So... That, I think those, those differences are incredibly important. And if you're playing the synthetics, the top figures don't win. Don't win. you got to find that X-factor horse. And, Ron, the one thing I do love about the Zooms is that you can get other people to participate. Yeah. And, and you can try to bring them out of their shells. And, and – what I really like to do is I like to hear players talk about their their shortcomings as a horse player oh. rather than their strong suits. <laughs> that could that could occupy about three Zoom calls, but that's the great part about this. I've said this before to you offline and on this podcast. The advantage that you have that nobody else has is you have what is like a built-in studio audience of participants that you invite onto the Zoom calls. And it is truly a two-way conversation. You as a handicapper, all of you are, are doing these Zooms and look at my ugly face, you know, because you want to learn something. You want to be better at what you do. It starts by being better at what you do by understanding what you're doing. And before I go, I want to, do, I want to go try to go around to some of you who want to who want to just raise your hand and I'll get to you. Tell me one thing you do good and tell me one thing you do bad. Who wants to go first? Ron, you get to go first. Uh, when I'm actually paying attention to what I'm researching, I do good. When I quick cap, I do bad. Now, that sounds like, okay, yeah, gee, the future lies ahead of us. What's more obvious than that? But I'm guilty more often than not of putting money on something where I think, gee, I'm going to take the shortcut to making the bet. When, in fact, I might actually have time 
to go back and look at video or research the PPs more than what I'm seeing on that on the the trip notes and things like that. When I actually do the research, I do better. I'm in a slump right now, largely because I've been stretched thin on my time. And that's that's my problem. It's not it's not the horses, <laughs> you know. It's hey, not, Ron, yeah. Stop mm-hmm. it. No excuses. No excuses. Okay, there you go. Well, that's Make my excuse. Make yourself a little thing. Put it up on your computer. Yeah, I don't have time. Hopeless. <laughs> Kevin, you're next. Tell me one thing you do good and one thing you do bad. Uh, I bet my horse is strong. I, I play the horse I really like, and the longer the odds, I, I, I play him strong anyway. I'm good at that. Uh, and my ticket building really needs a lot of work on pick fours and pick fives. I'm not good at that. I really need to get better at that. Okay. What you need to do is take more time to do it. Okay. All right. Let's see. I'm going to go to Mike up here. Big Mike. What do you do good? Um, what do you do bad? What I do good is um, going against or handicapping against favorites, coming up with, you know, the other horses. And the thing I do bad, I'm pretty similar to Kevin on pick fours and pick fives. I might do all right in the first half of a pick four or pick five in that, you know, maybe two or three horses in the first and second race. But then I start getting caveman in the third, fourth, and fifth. I'm coming up with five, six, seven horses in a race. And, hey, uh, hey, easy to fix. Start at, the last race, start at the last race of the pick five and work backwards. Okay. You know what we used to say? You know, we used to say about monkeys, well, if I could shave a monkey's ass, you know, and look looks like you, you know, you will make you walk backwards, you know? <laughs> okay, I'm going to make you walk backwards. Start with a fifth and go backward. Now, George, I know one thing. You're very thorough in your handicapping. You're very, um, you're very methodical. That would say that would be one of your good traits. Tell me one of your bad traits. George. I do my handicapping at night without the proper information. And I tend to play in New York. And if the track comes up sloppy, that's my, I would say that's my biggest nemesis. Okay, then stop it. Then do New York last. If you're not sure what, what Aqueduct's going to be the next day, do it last. Change your path. I only play one or two tracks. I, I'm, just not, I'm just not smart enough to, to, multi, to do a bunch of tracks. Oh, b- bullshit. You're smart enough. You're a good player. You're, you're a good player. I'm very but disciplined player. Then, then you know what? Do it in the morning. You have an idea. I do it half the night. Believe me, I, I do my handicapping usually 7 o'clock at night, and I'm up till 10, and then in the morning I'll kind of put a ticket together if I'm going to play, and then a couple friends ask me to call me and kind of talk about the horses, and then before you know it, it's time to put the ticket in. Can I say something to you? Absolutely. You're like that horse that doesn't want to go in the gate every single time. You're kind of stubborn about your ways. That is true. Okay. Well, at least you know that. Okay. So next time somebody asks you what's your bad part of handicapping, you can con- con- consolidate that and say, I'm stubborn. 
You're what? Oh, stubborn. Okay. Okay. Yes. All right. Who's next? Who wants to go? Roger. So Bruno, Roger. I have a question, another question about Everesting, if that's okay. Yeah. Okay. So you have said that the workout community in Florida is very incestuous and everybody knows everything. And that No, they don't know. They think they do. Okay, but that horse showed six bullet workouts. You yourself said the horse will never be eight to one in your product. Yeah, I know. He was and dead. And that horse went off at 13 to one. Did that bother you at all? Well, because I, I think because I don't think they were trying. Okay. That horse trained great. I know. I, 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 I bet. I bet the horse. And Probably the word was out that he wasn't, he wasn't live. Yeah. And be, besides that... Zayas, I mean, um, Safi is not good with first-time starters. So that might have been, you know, just people, you know, and Zaya and, and Safi. I, I've been around trainers enough to know that I, they, they're, they're like, you know, dead man walking with a first-time starter, with a type of, uh, like, they'll look at you and they're like, oh, you know, I can't win with a tap it. Oh, I can't win with a, I can't never win for that owner. Oh, I can't. They're already defeating themselves. So I'm going to play that horse back next time out. Oh, agree. agree. Um, I think I had John wanted to go next. Um, I think I'm good at uh, betting turf races. I can judge the pace really well. And the dirt sprints, I'm bad at betting. Um, Why? I don't think I, Why? I don't, I don't think I judge the pace very well. Okay. First of all, start with post positions. Start understanding which post positions, like for example, if you go into Gulfstream and think that the one hole is no good, you're wrong. So you need to understand what the post positions are. Once you understand the post positions and you understand that, then you can look at it. I have a, I, I, I do two couple of different things that I do sprints. I'll look where that horse was post last time out. If I have to, I'll go and look at a replay to see if he broke slow. Or because it's all in the break on the sprints. And if you're betting closers on the sprints, shame on you. Closers don't win half their races on the sprints. Three does. So if I got a horse that was stuck on an outside post, now moving to an inside post, and its inside is good there, I give it a favorable push. If a horse was on the inside on a track that's not good on the inside and moves outside, I give them an upgrade. Then you got to understand which trainers do what. So start with that. Start with post position studies and know what works at a track. And two, understand if they're moving in and out. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Who's next? I, I would like to make one other additional comment. I never look at the odds on a horse. Never. Good for you. That's, 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 that. Well, I look at them on the way they're bad and I understand. For example, a horse with a really good gate work is going to get hammered on the board. But keeping in mind, most of my bets, I don't know what the odds are going to be because I'm betting five, pick fours, pick fives, and pick sixes. Right, so. right, right. All right, who's next? Nobody? Bueller? Nobody. No, I have a question. I, I do think there's a difference between good handicapper and good better, and a, a good pick five player tends to be a good better 
knowing when to get skinny. So would you view going all burger in a four to five hit uh, hitting being worse or better than taking a single out of three or four to one and it losing? I don't, I very rarely do all burgers. Okay. Listen, you got to be confident about what you know. If you're confident about what you know, you know, you stand with your belief. Too many horse players are wishy-washy. They like a horse to, you know, and then a horse gets bet down a little bit. Oh, I'm going to go someplace else. They end up betting something else, something else, and that other horse wins. Stick by your guns. And you know what? If I've told a lot of people, use the kiss method when you bet. Keep it simple, <laughs> stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, if you're going to play and you like a horse, don't play five bets, six bets, like exacta, trifecta, superfecta, quinella, pentafecta, pick three, pick five, pick six. No, just just don't get too far ahead of yourself. If you really like the horse, the first few times, play it to win and exactus. That's it. I hit for $47,000 on Breeders' Cup Day. I hit one pick four for about 15000 but I made the other 30000 on two on, on two or three exactas that paid $100. I hammered them. I followed you day one. You killed it day one. Thank you. Oh, yeah. 47000 And I should have made money on the next day. I blew it by by... They changed our turf tracks on us, but if I use that damn horse order of Australia that I liked the day before, I mean, that's our day. So follow your instincts, follow your gut, follow your horses, and don't change your mind. How many of you change your mind? A lot. Not a lot, but I change my mind. Okay. Yeah, I'm, my problem, Bruno, is I'm the opposite. I'm stubborn. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not supple with my thinking here. Well, you and George can be BFFs then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I look. I'll fess up to it. I and I, I've got a need to be better at that. I think I've gotten better at it through these Zoom calls, but I got a long way to go. At sixty, at sixty-one, I, I have a lot of time. <laughs> I, I call that getting in the switches. When I'm in the switches, I, I, I take a, I take some time off. You know, that's how I need to not stop getting. No, just move on. It. Move on. You know, don't hard, don't sit there and harp about a race you just lost. Stop thinking about it. Get up, go get you something to drink, get your glass of water, you know, take medication if you have to. <laughs> stop thinking about the damn race. Stop walking around going, God, I lost, I should have won. Shut the hell up. You got another one in 30 minutes. Yeah. Kevin, that's something I learned from Bruno. You sit there and you start to, you know, deconstruct and you start to read every book that's been written in the last 150 years. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, no, that's, that's the, you that. know, it's, it only takes one <laughs> win to turn it around. Let's be honest here. You know? the, the, the one thing you can do is you can, you know, why makes what makes professional sport stars, what makes Tom Brady so good? Because he can wash away. Consistency. Play. Consistency. He's the same guy every play. What about a hockey goalie? A hockey goalie can let in a bad goal, and then he has to suck it up and look forward, not behind him. If you're going to be a good horse player, stop looking behind you. Tom, you mentioned you, you change your mind. Why do you change your mind? 
Well, in races where I'm undecided, I sometimes let the odds dictate where I go, unfortunately. And that's, I learned at Breeders' Cup when we, when you had your Zoom that I didn't do that. And I, and I did much better by ignoring the odds. I just looked at it after I made the bets. Don't listen to yourself. Now, Tom Holmes, I want to go up here. Tom Holmes. I, I guess my biggest weakness is not sticking to my guns. And I bet. Why? Because you run a little bit scared, I guess, if you're Why? of a slump. Because not picking winners, not betting right. I mean, I, there's I so would many. Rather, okay, Tom, I would rather pick 10 losers in a row that I liked on paper and I liked what I saw then pick 10 horses that I went against because I'll guarantee you out of those 10 horses, three or four of them. Oh, here's a great example. You're having a hard time, right? Go back to basics. Baseball players, right? What do they teach you? If you're in a slump, what you do, you try to hit the ball up the middle. Don't try to kill it. Hit the ball up the middle. So you know what you do? Is go back and look at the things. Okay, what do I do? Bruno talked about Gulfstream not being top figures. I'm going to stop looking at figures for here. I'm going to go with something else. Hey, fairgrounds, I'm going to look at the figures. Oh, okay, the first three didn't come in. But you know what? You might five. Next five might come in. So stick to what you have. When I learned to stick with what I saw in the morning and what I understood about horses, it my, 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 my eyes grew ten times because I had the confidence to do that. And you guys have heard me on these Zooms be confident about a horse. Complete confidence. And when I've had that complete confidence, what's been the result? Success. King. You know, it's like I told Ron, save your money. I'm confident. I mean, I could, you know, if Ron was asking somebody else he doesn't understand or even respect, he would be going, ah, that guy, he never given me a winner anyway. I mean, but you got to do that. What are horse players? Oh, I had the three with the four, the four with the six, the three with the seven. I didn't have the three with the five. And his best friend, what does he say? Who do you like in the next? I would say you're an idiot. Don't tell me who you're like. Let me cross it out. Isn't, you know? isn't, isn't it funny, Bruno, that we all want to know what the next guy has in the next race, but we no, have, I, I don't. We I don't feel care. like, but we, we feel like our balls are so big that we don't have to listen to it. Yeah, we still ask. No, but, but you know what? You know what? I usually people volunteer. And a lot of the times, if they tell me it's the horses that I like, um, um, I, I, I run the other way. If I think I got a line on a horse and eight other handicappers put it up on Twitter and I get it old enough, I'm like, okay, I'm off. Because Are you a I see things in a very unique way. And if somebody else is seeing that horse, no. Are you a contrarian better? Because that's a thing now in sports gambling no, is contrarian no, no. betting. I stick with what I believe in. But if I see some people who can never cash a freaking winner on Twitter or, or on social media, I'm off. All of you should do the same thing. If you know the mushes, you know who the mushes are on Twitter. Yeah. But isn't that contrarian betting? You know what? They'll have one. Then they've exhausted their win for the year. Um, I got a question from um, um, Tom asked me a question. Was the low Delta success at Gulf true last year? Also, we just started doing that this year. Um, 
and Mason. Welcome to Mason. I think it's the first time, right, Mason? Um, yeah, second time. Welcome on board. Um, uh, the Pegasus sheets will be out like they usually are, Mason. We get, you know, we can't jump ahead. For example, the entries will come on Wednesday. I get all the works done by Thursday. I handicap on Friday, and they get put in, and they're ready to go a late Friday night, uh, early. Uh, it'll probably be late Friday night. The reason being is that we have all these other track. We have all these other days in front of us, and if if, if I, I and we have a systematic order, I can't do Saturday's races before the Friday races. Can I can I tell you? Uh, can I tell you yeah. a funny story about the making of the sausage on that, Bruno? Uh, the uh, Gulfstream sausage because if it's other kind of sausage, I don't want to know. I understand. By the way, I appreciate your uh, you know your discerning palate on that, but uh, I, this is about the draw time. Gulfstream Park earlier today sent out a draw time for the Pegasus. They, they said Wednesday at eleven forty-five a.m. Eastern time, we will draw for the Pegasus, and my antenna shot through the roof of my apartment. I said, 11.45 on Wednesday? Are you guys aware of something going on about, you know, a little up the road from you on, at 11.45, actually at noon on Wednesday? And I sent them a note, and I said, guys, there's a change of power going on in the country at noon on Wednesday. You, gonna, you guys are going to draw against that? And suddenly, and I sent notes to, well, I won't get hey, into wait, specifics. Is that the neighbors upstairs that you wanted to call the cops on? No, those are the downstairs neighbors, and they're gone. Uh, okay. So, by the way, so nice tonight. The, for the, you. the window out here is open. It's so nice tonight. So, uh, anyway, I had there was clearly some hand wringing, and over the next two hours, two hours later, they changed the time to one forty-five Eastern, and I got a note from somebody at Gulfstream Park: change draw just for you. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, for me and. However many people are in Washington on the same day. So anyway, one forty-five well, yeah, Eastern. It's going to be a nightmare up here. It's, I mean, I'm only maybe about twenty miles. No, not even that. I'm like five, six miles from from Mar-a-Lago. So I'm not going anywhere on that day. <laughs> I'm not. I, I, I'm. You know, I, I've got food for three to five days. Uh, Joe and I are going to be just taking a walk around here and not going a damn place. If but, Joe uh, would like it, a respite from all that, send Joe my way. I would be happy to take Joe on. You know, you know. Uh, your, your, your fetish for my dog is getting to be a little bit weird. I love your dog. I know. I will, he, I'm, he I'm an unabashed is, lover of your dog. He is a, he's a piece of work. <laughs> well, so am I. So there you go. <laughs> oh, he's so funny. Today I had to chase him in the, in the, we have an enclosed area that we can, that I can let him run around loose and play. I had to chase him for half an hour to get him. You know, and he's fast too, and he knows how to outrun me. You know, so but but guys, I, I'm serious. You know, you, you, see, you know, you hear about these guys like Tony Robbins, and you hear about these guys talking about how to be better yourself. I am serious. Just take your time and listen and look at what you do, and go. I can do this better. And if you want to ask me, or you want to next time on the Zoom, you want to say, "Hey, I don't know what to do. This is what I do." You know, or like, you know, even George said it. He said he's stubborn. Well, you know what? Change your ways. Change your stripes. If you want to do better, you'll do good enough to change your stripes. You have to. You have to, you know. In 2008, I read a book that actually captured my, my understanding of me. It was blank. And I understood that I wasn't listening to my gut feeling. And my gut feeling was excellent. 
you know, it was actually the best thing I had. So I started using it. Yes, there's tough times that you kind of learn down, but sometimes I just know. I look at a horse and I go, okay, he's going to win. And I don't know how to tell you, but my brain is already processing. You can do it too. But, but guys, just, just remember this conversation. Understand what you're good at and what you're not. You know, like John. John said he doesn't, you know, he doesn't do well in sprints. Well, maybe until you fix that, don't play sprints. <laughs> that's the old line. Bruno, that's the old line. It hurts when I do this. Well, don't do that. Exactly. Yeah, who was that? Milton Burrow? Well, if it was Milton Burrow, it was somebody else before that. Yeah, if like, you're old enough to remember wife. Milton Burrow, you understand. Take my wife, please. You know? Um, Henny yeah. Youngman. Yeah. Ron and uh, Bruno, were there any – I don't know if I – missed and if y'all discussed anything about concert tour baffert's horse that one on friday concert tour that the one, one that beat the other baffert horse the, the two baffert horses that were first timers in that maiden race on you loved him bruno race uh, four well I, I also brian does that brian lazarica does that you know he looked I, really I, good. listen i would love to be able to do five tracks a day i can't do it you know um uh, i just wondered i just wondered if you had any thoughts about how he ran and going forward you know no, he just broke his maiden. Let's see what he does after that. Don't be so, you know, wanting to, you know, you see a maiden race. That maiden race can be, you know, a, a, a strong effort. But, you know, I take that second race as more of a cue. Let me, let me ask you this, Bruno, because I, and I know you hate buyers. Having said I like that. like ice cream. <laughs> that's right. No, that's dryers. Um, you got an 88 buyer for that race. Front ran it. Highly motivated, 96. Jackie's Warrior, 95. Golden Pal, 92. Roderick, 92. Life is Good, 90. Prey, 90. Reinvestment Risk, 90. What's that tell you? Well, no, nah, you know when I, you know what? I, I, does anybody know what Brisnet figure he got? I don't know that I can find that, so I'll, my short answer is no. Because I, I can give you an estimated. Um, my guess, he carried 122, right? I'd have to look. I guess probably he ran about a 37, 37 Delta or 38 Delta. Carried 123. Okay. That's another part I don't understand. Why are we putting 123 pounds on babies and then we got a, a, a stakes race running with 117 pounds? Yeah. Stupidity. It's just absolutely stupidity. Why are we taxing young horses that don't have the strength as handicap horses, or even, you know, they're only running their first and second time. We're putting 123 on them. It's just, it's just absolutely brainless. Let's just say he ran about an 85. Let's just say he ran an 85 Brisnet speed. Just in my mind and kind of knowing how I do my own, uh, uh, he probably got it between a 38 and a 40 Delta. I don't have access to that, Bruno. They only let me have PPs. Well, what are you good for, Ron? Nothing. I've been telling you that for years. <laughs> I couldn't do it without you, Ron. You're tough on yourself. And people are wondering, how do I get on those Zoom calls? Well, all you have to do is sign up for a newsletter. They're free. Um, and um, all you have to do is go to racingwithbruno.com, scroll down to the bottom. There's a little form. You just put your email in, and bingo, bango, bongo, you're in the game. That sounds like a, as good a place as any for anyone who's listening right now to do a little homework for themselves and get themselves signed up. 
So there you go. I think we've I think we've done it again for another podcast. Well, let's just always shoot for something uh, down the road. We'll come up with something new for the next podcast. Get more from Bruno by going to racingwithbruno.com. This has been the Racing with Bruno podcast. <laughs>